Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Samuel, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 28. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read beginning in verse 1. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Understand that you and your men are to go out with me in the army. David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and necromancers out of the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? He said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dream. Therefore I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your son shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once, full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. 
and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul, and when she saw that he was terrified, she said to him, Behold, your servant has obeyed you. I have taken my life in my hands and have listened to what you have said to me. Now, therefore, you also obey your servant. Let me set a morsel of bread before you and eat, that you may have strength when you go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he listened to their words. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house, and she quickly killed it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread of it. And she put it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. We're coming to the end of this book of 1 Samuel, and this story lets us know what's going to happen in those last three chapters. But in this chapter, Saul is very worried. He's scared, and he's not sure what to do because he's not being able to get answers through the normal channels, and the Philistines are bearing down on him. Not only are the Philistines coming, but David is with them. He is absolutely at a loss what he should do next, and he's looking for answers. And he feels like he's turned in every direction he can to find the right answers, and he has no more options. So since his prophets and priests have let him down, he turns to a medium, or some translations say a witch, that lives at Endor. And this is a little problematic because Saul himself had expelled all of the mediums and necromancers, or people who communicate with the dead, out of the nation of Israel. For Saul to do this, he was going to have to go in a disguise and try to convince this woman to contact Samuel for him. But as we read, she's able to do this, and Saul has a conversation with Samuel, a conversation that lets him know that on the next day he'll die in battle. When we looked at the last chapter and saw some of the things David was doing because he was afraid, we talked about fear. In much the same way, Saul is dealing with fears in this chapter, and he's making bad decisions because he's worried. So this gives us an opportunity to dig a little deeper in this idea of being afraid or worrying, being anxious. When we're afraid, it leads to worry, and worry is just an anxious way of thinking about ourselves and the world. It usually involves thoughts about bad things that might happen in the future and whether or not I'm going to be able to cope with those. Nearly everyone worries at some times, and it's normal that worry increases when problems or dangers exist or when a person faces something new or unknown. And excessively worrying about minor things can lead to or be a part of a generalized anxiety. In these situations, we also tend to underestimate how well we're likely to cope should the feared event actually occur. But when our fear causes us to reach this point, when we're this worried, what we typically want to know is how are things going to turn out? And for Christians, when we find ourselves in this state, we've been conditioned to go to God to pray. But maybe often, just like Saul, we feel like God's not listening, that he's not hearing us, or at very least, he's not responding as quickly as we would like for him to. So what can we learn from this story about Saul about coping with worrying in our life and dealing with our intense fears? For Saul, he decided to go see a psychic. There are a few things that we can tell from this story. One, that there were evidently in Saul's time psychics who had a, a very real connection with the afterlife. 
And at the same time, we can see Saul had expelled those folks from the nation of Israel. He had done that because the law of Moses specifically forbade the children of Israel from using psychics. There are a lot of passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament that deal with these people who have some type of psychic power or pretend to, and how they use that to manipulate others. These scriptures reveal to us that very often these folks are relying on spectacle to draw a crowd and get attention and money for themselves. They use their powers to elevate themselves, and very often they're deceitful. And ultimately, the fear is that these psychics are going to draw people away from God and relying on God for their direction. While we may be fascinated with this capacity, God wants us to rely on Him completely for our direction and the understanding of life that we'll need to fulfill our purpose here on earth. Going to people who claim to have a power can't actually provide us answers that will help us do the things that God wants us to. They may actually hold us back or draw us away because we get trapped into chasing after that type of knowledge rather than the knowledge that God has bestowed on us for getting the most out of our life here and being prepared for that afterlife ourselves. In some of the passages in Scripture that deal with these mediums and psychics, God says this is the way the nations of the world seek their guidance and their understanding, and it very often leads them in error. He asks his children to trust him completely, that he will reveal to them what they need to know. And so in the law of Moses, he asked Israel not to make contact with the dead. Now, some of you may have jumped ahead to the New Testament and think about a story where Jesus is on a mountaintop and Elijah and Moses appear to him. Jesus himself is making contact with the dead. Why is it okay for Jesus, but not for Saul? Well, at Jesus' time, there had been a long-standing understanding that Moses and Elijah would return, and then after their return, there would be a resurrection. So as a way of affirming Jesus as the Messiah, he sends Moses and Elijah to visit with Jesus. We're not privy to their conversation or know everything that was discussed, but we do know there were witnesses. And after this meeting, Jesus is executed, and then he is raised from the dead. But notice, this is something that God did as a sign or a wonder for those who were witnessing it to affirm that Jesus was who he claimed to be. In Saul's story, this is something he's doing on his own, and he's sneaking around to do it, using a method that God didn't approve of, not to be affirmed as king, but to try to find some new information. When we look at this chapter and we take all the supporting verses from all over Scripture that talk about these things, what we see is that God wants us to go to Him when we're worried. But what do we do if we are like Saul and feel that God is not responding? Well, there's a few things that we should know about going to God. One is that He's told us that He's already given us everything we need to know. The Apostle Peter writes in one of his letters that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Now, God may confirm or affirm that in different ways. He may convict us through the Holy Spirit. He may send someone to us who speaks a word that helps us understand what God wants. Through the circumstance, we may be able to see clearly what God intends, but it will always be consistent with the things that God has already revealed. So basically, if we choose to go to another source for direction and guidance, 
what we're actually admitting is that we either didn't listen to God or take the time to hear what God said, or we didn't like what he said. And so we're looking for another option. We're talking about how we respond to worry and fear. But let's face it, one of the scariest realities in life is that if we insist, God will let us do it our way. What we have to remember is that if God can't help us, no one else can. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.